Welcome back. Scott Reed sitting in as guest host here on The Rush this afternoon. It's David Bowie. That means it must be time for our pal Richard <laughs> Kraus. Richard, I was in the car this morning with my 14-year-old and Nirvana, the mm. acoustic version of The Man Who Sold the World, came on. Yep. And my son said to me that he preferred it to Bowie. Well, I'm going to uh, have to chat with him and knock some sense into him another time. But I will say... I will say that that is probably one of the best covers of a David Bowie song uh, ever. David Bowie songs have been covered by loads of people. They rarely improve on the originals. I think that one maybe doesn't improve on it, but certainly gives it new life. I agree. It's a good, it's a top-notch cover, but the idea that it's Absolutely. better than the original is uh, sacrilegious. And no, no, no. I forced him out of the car and made him walk the rest of the way, obviously. <laughs> That's the uh, thing to do. Get right some cold-weather common sense into his head. Uh, mm -hmm. I want to start with uh, breaking news. Uh, this afternoon, we've seen a big, huge entertainment headline. This has been going on for a couple of years. Uh, the, the film set, uh, Rost, where a um, member of the crew was uh, killed when a, a firearm was discharged. Um, Alec Baldwin was executive producer starring in the show. Uh, Grand Jury today has indicted him uh, for this. I, I, I was kind of shocked. I mean, we've been around uh, the ranch on this a couple times. And, I mean, I I can understand how civil suits might want to, like, sue everybody. But mm -hmm. it's not like he bore specific responsibility for ensuring, you know, that those you know, fake weapons were properly managed or whatever. What, what do you make of this? Well, the New Mexico district attorney uh, has said when the last uh, charges were dismissed, he said, there is more evidence here and I'm going to find it and I'm going to bring these charges back. So I don't think it's completely a surprise that this has happened. Uh, I think Alec Baldwin's team was hoping that it wouldn't. Obviously, they were making steps toward trying to finish this movie. Now, I don't know if anyone's going to be interested in seeing this movie when and if it ever gets finished, but they were talking about trying to figure out a way to complete this movie. Now, as for Alec Baldwin's culpability, in the first uh, set of charges, the FBI examined the gun and apparently uh, broke it. The uh, gun was returned into evidence, not in particularly good shape. Now, the gun has been repaired, it's been fixed, and it has been determined that you did have to pull the trigger for it to fire. There was some uh, conjecture that perhaps it went off by itself, that it was defective. Uh, on a film set, it is very unlikely that you would have a gun that was the, the likelihood, let's say this, the likelihood of having a gun with live ammunition in it uh, should be zero. There are any number of kinds of prop guns that you can use. If you are using a real gun, uh, at best, you're using blanks in it. Uh, so this somehow was loaded with uh, real bullets. The armorer on set would have been responsible for that. But the blame here now in this second set of charges seems to be focused on Alec Baldwin uh, because, A, he was one of the producers on the film and they cut corners at every step of the way and apparently uh, did not hire a very experienced armorer, which is a big mistake when you have 
weapons yeah. on a set. Uh, and secondly, uh, they now claim that the trigger had to be pulled. So if he is convicted, he can face up to 18 months in prison. So this is no joke. Uh, I have a feeling that uh, there will be lots more to this story in the coming weeks and months. Uh, but for right now, uh, this is a very serious charge. Man. Uh, something I mean, obviously, there should be accountability uh, for the well-being and safety on a on a set, just like any other workplace. But it feels like a stretch to me. Okay, so let's move on. Uh, the Emmys were handed out the other night. Uh, kind of screwbally. They're in a different time than they usually set. Different time of year than usually set. They're actually going back two years. So we saw the Bear win a bunch of awards, not for the second season, which is completed, but for the first season, which has been long since uh, done. Anyway, I digress. What was fun? Because I'm not sure the show was all that crack, snap, snap, crackle, and pop. But what was fun was the Emmys for the 75th anniversary released this uh, uh, list of the top moments, uh, the top 100 moments uh, on TV for uh, the past 75 years. Some pretty good stuff here, right? So they've got, what, the Apollo... The Apollo 11 landing is obviously number one. Uh, they break them out like by like decades. They've got the uh, MASH farewell, the premiere of Roots in the 1970s. Man, I remember that. I remember my folks being crazy mm -hmm. about Roots watching that. That was appointment television. What do you make of this list and where are you at on it? Like uh, what rang your bell? Well, I think it's a pretty fun list. I mean, they've got everything here from MTV and the first music video airing on that. Video killed the the uh, radio star by the Buggles. Uh, it's funny. When I look at this list, I remember uh, many of these. Not all of them, but many of them. But I remember the Apollo 11 landing on the moon. I was young, and I still have this memory, though, of it being uh, all-encompassing. It's all anybody was talking about, and everybody was watching it uh, when it happened. And I was mad because it preempted Mr. Dress-Up. And so I didn't care so much that it was about landing on the moon. I wanted to see Mr. Dress Up, and that was unavailable to me. So that wasn't great. Uh, but I also love uh, the number three on this list is the Ed Sullivan show, The Beatles Performance. And I don't remember that. I was too young. But what I do know is that every musician or virtually every musician that I have interviewed in the last 30 years has told me that that was kind of a, a, a lightning bolt moment for them. They saw the Beatles uh, on the Ed Sullivan show and all of a sudden their life path changed. And it is undeniable that for, you know, the, the few minutes that they were on, it changed everything. Right now, and again in the second half of our show, ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles! <laughs> the Beatles! <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I, I uh, wasn't old enough to either the Apollo 11 la moon landing. I wasn't around for that. I was only like a year and a half old and, um, and uh, obviously wasn't around there for uh, the Ed Sullivan uh, I Want to Hold Your Hand performance. Um, the 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 biggest one to be honest with you the formative like the big like holy smokes jaw dropping TV moment for me for sure and it's on this list I don't think it's in the top ten and that was when 
the space shuttle uh, blew up. And we, we mm-hmm. I was in high school at the time, and you know we'd sort of gathered. You know those goofy old TVs they would put like on those yep. rolling sets, you know, like in, a, in those kind of things, and you roll them out, and a bunch of people gathered in the library, and tons of people and other people were assembly, and and like we're watching it because it wasn't just that they had a civilian traveling on the space shuttle into space for the first time, but it was a teacher, and so this was sort of, you know, our our school uh, administrators. Yeah, we really want to focus this and let the kids watch this piece of history. And then boom, right? And I remember, remember, remember how there's just like complete silence. You're watching, you're looking at it, and you see the little rocket sort of spraying off to side, and we're all kind of looking around, going, "What? Like, is that? Do you think?" Is that what I think? Is that what happened? And then you hear the voice from Mission Control say, we've experienced a catastrophic malfunction. But like very, very like professional, right? So you're like, well, I don't even... Is that okay? So that is bad. I man, that that was like that was a hell of a moment when all of a sudden everyone's going, oh my word. Well, the thing that all of these moments really have in common is that they are unlikely to ever happen again simply because we watch things differently now. Yeah. So we're not going to have that moment where everyone's stuck in front of their television sets watching whatever the thing is because we're going to be watching it on our phone. A lot of people will say, oh, just I'll catch up with it on YouTube later, whatever it is. We don't have that big monoculture thing where we all are paying attention to the same thing at exactly the same time. So this list is interesting in a nostalgic kind of way because I don't know that in 75 years from now we'd be able to make a list that uh, contains the same kind of information that had the same kind of effect on people. Yeah, I'm nostalgic for that myself. All right, we're going to have to wrap it up. We're not going to get to what to watch this weekend. I wanted to get your take on uh, Monsieur Spade, which I love this reboot of Sam Spade. Mm-hmm. I, man, I... Live Owen. Yeah, it's uh, it's exceeded the old uh, new detective or the uh, true detective for me. But uh, Richard Krause, we'll talk to you again next Friday. Thanks. Have a great weekend, pal. You too, Scott. Thanks.